What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite podcast where we discuss entertainment news, TV news, movie news, you know, all all of that good stuff. Um, yes. Yeah, as we, as we go through every week. Uh, news on the things that you consume with your eyes. There we go. I don't want to say content news because then we'll get into a whole thing. Oof, that's, yeah. that's a whole, yeah. Mm. Eh, yeah, we'll, we'll steer away Probably from that. Probably applicable, applicable, but... But we're not going to get into that right yeah. now. As always, we are your two hosts. My name is Josh. And my name is Willis. And let's let's start this off strong. Willis, what do you have yeah. for content that you've been consuming this week? So I've been consuming a fair amount of stuff this week. I'm like getting going on the uh, on the would-be Oscar noms, etc. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> though neither of my pieces of content would <laughs> fall into that category. Um my first piece of content is going to be a movie that I finally, finally watch has been on my list forever. And that is uh 2016's split Ooh. by M night Shyamalan, which I'd never seen. I, it's like one of those it's been on my list and it's a damn good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, you know, take everything from M night Shyamalan with a grain of salt, but that was solid. And James McAvoy is freaking incredible in that. Nutty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> When we were when my wife and I were watching it, there was one point where like he switches personalities, but like there's no dialogue and you just feel like it could have switched to like five different characters and you can yeah. feel who he switched to just from like his change. It's great. It's great. It is. Um, yeah. Shyamalan is like one of those maybe the most hit or miss director. Like he either yeah. slaps it out of the park or it's like a straight up. Yeah. He like, averages like 50 percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> So yeah, so there's that, um, nice. which was which was fun. Uh, and then the other thing I, I have been consuming this week is a game mm. uh, on my Nintendo Switch called Pokemon Legends Arceus. Ah, how is this? Uh, I don't know if you are ever have ever been part of the Pokemon world, but I was in like sixth grade maybe when the first first Pokemon came out, mm. um, and I have been obsessed with it pretty much ever since. And Pokemon Legends Arceus is an open world game, much like Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. um, or Breath of the Wild. Uh, not Legend of Zelda, but well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, semantics. Um, and it's so much fun. Mm, okay. Wander just You can just wander around fields and catch random Pokemon that come out. And it's excellent. I have sunk far too many hours into it already. And I've only had it for like four days. So. That's the, that's the goal of that game. Is it so I played a little bit of of um yeah, Sword and Shield. And yep. my only gripe with those is they felt a little too easy at a certain point. Is this kind mm-hmm. of in that same vein or there are parts. There so to get into Pokémon lore. <laughs> hey, uh, <you> know. <laughs> I there there was a I think a dist- distinct point where it became it became easier. And like my instinct is to say more of a kids game like mm. But yeah, like easier to catch, like, you know, because the first ones were like fucking hard. You yeah. just get like crushed. Yeah. Um, this one, it's it's kind of a middle ground. It is, There are parts of it that are legitimately terrifying mm-hmm. that like maybe go, oh, shit. Oh, okay. um, because the Pokemon can physically attack you in this game. Uh, um, OK. Which is like a whole nother thing. But cool. Yeah, it's 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 pretty well done. It's um. I'm curious how big it is. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Pokemon games have always had like, yeah, you do the story and then there's the completionist part of, yeah, you have to catch all of them. Right, right. <laughs> this one, you have to catch like eight or nine or ten of all of them Oh, to like fill the Pokedex. You have to like catch one that's small or catch one that's large or see like evolve one or see one use a certain move or certain things like that, which a gotcha. lot of them are easy, but um it's a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, so, Damn. but yeah, I've, I, I am trying to like regulate how much I actually play because I will just like sit there all day and they'd be like, ah, oh, shit, I had to do work today. That's when you know it's a fun game. So that's, that's good. Yes. That's good. All right. So we'll see if we'll check it out. So split and Pokemon legend of Arceus is my two content. This Hell yeah. Week. Uh, Josh, what do you got? So I got a couple things here. The first one is a movie that um, I'm not sure exactly how this got on my radar, but I just 
turned it on. And it's a movie that goes by the name of Burning. It's a 2018 film um, directed by Lee Chang Dong. It's a uh, it's a Korean film starring Steven mm. Yun and a couple other people. Uh, and it's really interesting because basically it follows this guy who is a writer, an aspiring writer, quote unquote, because he hasn't really written anything yet. And the movie follows him. But at a certain point, mm. you're not sure if what you're watching is what actually happened or if it's him writing his novel because it keeps cutting back. Uh. Not not often, but a couple times it cuts back to him writing. And so you're really not sure if what you're seeing is real or not, which is I love stuff like that. It's it's. Almost Fight Club, but not as in your face as that. This is very mm. much like a you, you. You're really not sure. At the end, I'm like, I don't know if that was real or not. Which was awesome. It, I like nice. stuff that's ambiguous like that. Really well made, beautifully shot, beautifully acted, and it's crazy to me that Steven Yun does not speak Korean. Like he does now, but he didn't mm-hmm. pre Minari. And I'm like, no, nah, he just is in this movie as a full Korean man, and he's speaking nothing but Korean. I'm like, this, it's just, it blows my mind that he can actually do that wow. type of stuff. It's really, really impressive. Um, so that's, it was, re- yeah, I would highly recommend it. And it's on Tubi, which is awesome because that's a free nice. service. So if you want to yeah. check it out, it's there. My second piece of content is a trailer that dropped a couple days ago, and we've talked about this before, and it mm-hmm. is the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre requel i don't know what they're calling it because it's yeah a reboot sequel like i I hate that they're just calling it texas chainsaw massacre like they did with scream like they did with halloween like they're just doing this thing and this movie it looks bad and the reason i say that is because and i've realized this and I, i we may have talked about this on the pod before but the texas chainsaw massacre is not like nightmare on elm street it's not like yeah Halloween. It's not like Friday the 13th. It's very singular. It's not like, a, oh, let's keep this thing going. We're going to have Leatherface be this crazy iconic killer. It's it's very yeah. not like that. Whereas Michael Myers is kind of ambiguous. You can kind of do what you want with him because there is no real story there. Texas Chainsaw really isn't like that. And you also, <laughs> it's not supposed to be a fun time, which Halloween and Scream, I'd say, are supposed to be a fun time. Yeah. I'd get behind that statement. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not a fun movie. I mean, it's 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 a good watch, but it's really not fun. And with this trailer, it's it's making it feel like. I mean, they even have it here. I don't know who this lady is that it's it's apparently has been waiting fifty years to fight Leatherface or whatever. <laughs> but what are we talking about here? They're going the Laurie Strode Halloween thing that works for that because you have movies that have yeah. developed her character. This makes no sense. This is something that just should never have been made, and they're trying to stretch out a series that does not lend itself to this. I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I'll be watching this when it comes out, but I'm just mostly to roast the hell out of it because I, I know that this is not going to be anything that I want. It can't capture the original yeah. Texas Chainsaw anything. So here we go. I guess... <laughs> We're going to see what happens. I mean, it looks like it was shot well. That's the only thing I can say about it. So, um, Do you know, are we going to get another Hellraiser movie? Yes. I feel like that's the the one of like that series that you just look like Mike Myers, Leatherface. Yeah. You know, like all, I feel then, like yeah, I guess Pinhead's <laughs> the last one in that kind of list of like, oh yeah, we're... So I know for a fact that David Bruckner, who has done a bunch of movies, he did The Night House last year, um, and he is doing a... I believe a Hellraiser series, which kind of gives me hope because he's a really talented director and he does really unique stuff and he knows what he's doing. So, I mean, okay. who knows? Again, I don't think Hell... I mean, Hellraiser is kind of like, oh, you get the box, this person opens the box and it's the same thing. You yeah. could do that over and over and over again. I it think. could be, yeah. So that kind of works. Could turn it into a Jumanji-esque kind of... <laughs> exactly. Jumanji yeah. and Hell, you know, it works. Whereas Another this- rock vehicle. <laughs> Yeah, the rocks in Hellraiser. The rock is Pinhead. <laughs> yeah, he's already bald. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna mock up some <laughs> fan art of that real quick. Please do, please do. So that's what we got for content this week. Let's get into yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> on this, this might episode. be a long episode. Everybody, strap in. Could be. We're chatty. Yeah, a little chatty, which is good. You know, this is what you come here for. Us just vamping for an hour. Um, <laughs> so the first thing we're gonna talk about is how piracy in terms of content has changed 
because of streaming. Now, everything has kind of shifted because of the pandemic yeah. and streaming has taken over. But something that I hadn't really considered is how people that normally would pirate stuff and how that is such a huge part of like the movie culture has shifted along with all of this stuff. And there's yeah. definitely a lot to be explored there. We're then going to dive into, again, more pandemic stuff and how that has affected TV pilot season because, again, everything changed. Pilot season yeah. used to be a couple months at the beginning of the year. Now, shows are just dropping left and right whenever. So it's it's another nowhere. big change yeah. that's happened. Yeah, that's that's happened to the industry in the past couple of years. And we're going to wrap it all up with more franchise talk. But we're going to be talking specifically about the different streaming services and the fact that it seems like they're throwing all their eggs into the pre-existing pr like property basket. Yeah. And whether or not that's really a good thing or if it's going to, you know, crash and burn relatively quickly, especially when yeah. quality doesn't hold up. So, uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to get into this How week. I met your father. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're going to get into this week. Exactly. Just let it go, Jeff. Let's start it off here with piracy in the time of streaming. So, I don't think you know, pirating music, pirating movies, pirating content software, that's nothing new. Ever since computers yeah. were around, I think hackers and pirates have been a thing. But it's changed drastically because of the fact that we're now in a position where you don't have to sneak a camcorder into a movie theater to potentially yeah. get a, an illegal rip of something. You can now just... Do something else from the comfort of your own home. And basically, yeah. it's more like, I guess, quote unquote, hacking than it would be if you're just, you know, bringing the camera into a theater. Yeah. Well, where do you want to start out with this? Because I, th well, what were you going to say? Well, no, I'm, I'm contemplating because this is like a large yeah. concept because there's a lot of different parts to piracy. So, like, I guess let's like with like piracy and whatnot in terms of and you kind of just touched on this, but in terms of films and cinema and things like that like you said used to be a movie came out you could download it uh you know immediately but it'd be a shitty cam version of somebody sitting in a theater right you know or like a foreign a rip from a foreign country with like subtitles yeah, with like and, huge and stuff. burned in yeah. subtitles and like <laughs> yeah not the best viewing experience and then you know once it got a little further along once it came out on once it came out on dvd was really the the turning point of someone would get the DVD, rip it and yep. put it up. And then there'd be a high quality version out in the world. Um, yep. Like, so now this stuff and like streaming and video, like all to get like video, streaming and cinema stuff all together, like is just everywhere immediately because, you know, everyone has the high quality going straight to their home. Right. So it's an interesting thing because it's like, yeah, it's easier than ever. Like as soon as something comes out, you can watch it for free. Like it's still everywhere. Like I'm yeah. sure you can still get anything, you know, guaranteed. Um, yeah. But probably faster now. <laughs> arguably. Yeah. Like, I mean, we talk all the time about release windows and things like that. And, you know, with those getting shorter and shorter, the time where piracy See, now I'm even like saying this. I'm like, no, it's like immediate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if it's like, okay, yeah, it's available on Amazon to buy for $20. Like you can buy House of Gucci on Amazon right now for $20. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yes. And might, I mean, it might be pre ordered. But well, and it's also because like you can go, if you're subscribed to AMC, not like the streaming service, but like their stubs mm -hmm. program, like you can buy, you can, well, you can rent movies that are in theaters off of their website yeah. so like if you wanted to you could watch red rocket well maybe not that one but there's a couple that you could just rent an in-theater movie yeah from the comfort of your home yeah yeah it's interesting to consider i guess the question to consider here is who's pirating stuff these days yeah because like there's a lot of different questions like it in my mind, I'm just I'm like trying to find a way to build towards what I want to say, but I'm just going to say it. it's like, yeah, <laughs> in my mind, everyone's got like a dollar number in their head. That's like, I'm going to pay this much for streaming services. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everybody. And like it will fill like whatever 
volume it needs to. I mean, there are people out there that pay for Hulu Live for it's I think it's like 70 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month somewhere yeah. around there. Like, yeah, that's a that's cable. That's cable. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> and and, you know, if you're going to do Hulu Live and then Paramount Plus and Netflix and Prime and Apple TV and Hulu and Peacock and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like Disney Plus, like that's that can be a big chunk of change. Definitely. So it becomes a question of, all right, if I'm going to if I'm like, you know what, I'm not paying more than $50 for content. You know? Yeah. Like as soon as I get all my subscriptions going and I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm going to pay for Peacock. Mm-hmm. Peacock's a bad example. I don't think I'm going to pay for HBO Max. Yeah. Then it just becomes a like, well, I'm not going to pay for it. So I'll just go pirate it. Right. Like, why not? Like, right. Same quality. Same. Like there's no benefit that streaming is giving you that like piracy is not right right you know yeah whereas like cinema gave you a full like going to the theater gave you a full experience whereas then you know compared to watching it on your laptop or compared to watching a shitty version on your laptop right there uh, was a clear difference between you getting to go see something for real and not yeah and i would say so it's interesting because when i initially thought about this i was like i haven't thought about pirating in a very long yeah. time because of streaming, just because usually it's like, oh, well, maybe I can find like a free trial or at most I'm going to have to spend like five to eight bucks and then I can cancel yeah. it right after this. And I can even watch like 10 movies on that subscription service before I cancel it. And then I've gotten my money's worth. So in yeah. my head, it didn't even occur to me to be like, oh, well, let me go and try and find. It's just been like, oh, when is this available on one of these 12 yeah. different subscription services? But I don't know if that's the norm. And maybe for people that are in between like where where our ages are, and, and this might be mm-hmm. a younger generation thing where it's like, well, I'm not going to – like obviously someone in high school is not paying for like 12 different subscription services. Yeah. So maybe it's it's in that demographic of people that's like, well, yeah, sure. I'll, I guess I'll just you know watch this illegal rip of House of Gucci. You know, why, why not? Yeah. Because I don't know that well, I would I, do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> from from like that kind of vein, I feel like it's like, and I, I'm this is theoretical. I, I have no data to back up what I'm about to say. So you know it's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, but um, like I feel like there's like the older generation that's not, not going to pirate anything, you know, be it either for moral dilemmas or like technical dilemmas. Sure. You know, yeah. Like, Did, don't even know it's a thing. You know, like <laughs> you got to know what to do to download something off of BitTorrent. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a younger generation, um, damn kids that like have always had this huge library of content available to them. So it's like, well, why do I, why? Like, it'll just come at some point. Like who mm-hmm. gives a shit? What, what time, you know? Right. Right. Um, and then there's us in the middle that are like, well, but like, I'm not going to not <laughs> see this movie. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of thing because I think there was a generation that that was how they saw stuff. Yeah. And I think we've moved past it because like, and I kind of touched on this, but like, that's the other thing is there's so much content coming at you at a daily basis that it's not like it's like oh i you know i have to see that because that's the thing right now there's 15 different the things right now yeah you know what i mean like we could talk about book of boba we could talk about um of course now i have nothing else in my head succession like what's we could talk about succession we could talk about uh house of dragon that's coming we could talk about all this stuff and it's like you know, it. if someone hasn't seen you, you can't not have a conversation because someone hasn't seen something, which is, you know, I don't know. It's weird. I think Avatar is always my go to like mm. piracy um, movie. Mm, yeah, because I think a I think it was one of the most pirated of all time because it was so huge. But also I have a very specific memory of when that movie came out. I was on a film set and uh Somebody had pirated it Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, I'm just going to like watch this after we wrap tonight. (laughs) 
And we were like, okay. And then he, <laughs> he tried and the rip he had didn't have subtitles. Oh. And I don't know if you remember Avatar, but most of it's not in English. Right. Yeah. So he was just like, <laughs> just like we were all like at, at the hotel we were staying for the um, the film. And he's like, wait, how oh. much of this movie is in English? And we were like, like none of it. Not dude. much like, of it, man. <laughs> so that's, I don't know. That's my, go- that's my like peak piracy story. Um, that that's I always awesome. think of whenever I think about piracy. So that's my, that's my bellwether. But yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's interesting. Like the comparison between this and music, mm-hmm. because arguably I think music freaked out way more about piracy than, than movies. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Movies definitely freaked out, but piracy, but uh, music went like completely bananas. Right. Um, and then like streaming came along and that all kind of just faded. Cause it's like, yeah, like everything I could possibly want is on Spotify. Right. And you pay like what? Eight Except bucks Neil a Young. month. Except Neil Young. Uh, oh, God. And Joni <laughs> Mitchell. Yeah. And Joni Mitchell. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's like one of the, that's an interesting thing. I'm like, if I like had to listen to some Neil Young right now. If you just needed to. Oh, wait a minute. What would I do? Wait, did they pull? Hold on. I know there was, they left like the soundtracks that he's uh, done songs on because they were technically like the movie had the rights. That, that makes sense. Okay. Okay, cool. So there's still like some Buffalo Springfield on there. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not For now. Uh, for now, yeah. <laughs> David Crosby. I think it was David Crosby. Um, just like, it was like, I agree with my friend Neil Young. So it's like, that's where, you know. I mean, it, it, all it takes is a couple, is a couple more heavy hitters and then something really needs to happen. Um, this is, yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting off of it. But so, well, yes. no. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting thing that I'm like, oh, if I had to, had to listen to some Neil Young right now, mm-hmm. like how would I go about that? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't see myself signing up for like Apple music just for Neil Young. Just for Neil Young. Come on. Yeah. Love I feel like Neil, like I need to like substitute Neil Young out as like some like I can't think of any music that I'd be like I gotta listen to that like right now. Well, and this is another discussion, but the the way that streaming has taken music is like you, I'm I know far less, uh, I know far fewer of the artists that I listen to than I used to because I'm like, yeah. oh, this song is good, I just throw it on and just keep it playing. Like I'm not sure. Oh well, yeah, and. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation because it's like, oh yeah, here's what the algorithm is feeding you this week. But like, right, exactly. Which um, I mean, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about because I agree with you the fact that there is no kind of universal thing that everybody's talking about, minus like what Spider Man was, and I'd love to see the piracy numbers on on how many people yeah. pirated that movie. But like, there's nothing that I can think of right now that would be like, oh everyone's talking about this and the one thing was like squid game and everybody has yeah. netflix already so it's like well you're just watching squid game like that's just how it is yeah. um but but i can't think of anything else that would prompt someone to be especially movie wise that would prompt yeah. someone to be like oh, i gotta see don't look up or i gotta see the matrix i gotta see these movies that people just don't care as much about right now there's not yeah. that oh everyone needs to go see avatar Everyone needs to go see Transformers, you know. Um, yeah, which is well, just and it's so like, it's, weird. It, the the thing I go back to is like when Game of Thrones was on, or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, just talk like Game of Thrones. Like everybody talked about what happened on Game of Thrones mm-hmm. Monday morning. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, you gotta have HBO to watch it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can't. And it was like a whole thing because like it came on after, it came on HBO Go like the hour after it originally aired. So it was like, you could still do it, but, um, right. Right. I feel like that was like the last time that like, there was like a cultural, like focus on this totally on like a specific show. Cause like succession. Yeah. But like, I think that's the closest we kind of got right now, but it's like, but even that's like, not the same. I know a handful of people that watch succession, like, and, yeah. and not all the time either. So it's like, I don't know, man. I, and I think that, while some like um, streamers are trying to combat like the way that people do piracy, like Netflix, Disney, and I'm sure all the heavy hitters have like that. They obviously have that built in. Like if you try and screen grab something from QuickTime, yeah. like they're gonna like it's gonna be black. 
but you can easily get around those things now. Like yeah. the, the technology is not just easy to use, but it's readily available. Capture cards and the are internet everywhere. As, yeah, <laughs> and the internet as a whole will take it as a personal challenge to like yeah. get past whatever you put in there. So Right. If you want to figure out how to pirate something or screen grab something, just type it into YouTube and there's probably a hundred different or a thousand yeah. different videos showing you how to do it. So it's really like this losing battle that they're finding themselves in. But I don't know that it matters as much now because of what we just said. The fact that there's not this one thing that everyone needs to watch. It's like, yeah. oh, every week everyone's pirating Breaking Bad or something. It's like, well... Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do that, you'd realistically have to pirate 15 different shows right now because they're yeah. all hits, quote unquote. And everyone's talking, everyone, another quote unquote, is talking about all of these shows like Station Eleven yeah. or Yellow Jackets or whatnot. Um, and I'm sure there are people out there that do just pirate everything. Oh, sure. You know, course. I'm sure there's people out there that I'm like, I'm not paying for content. Yeah, they've got terabytes and terabytes you know, of, of yeah, I'm content. Like, oh, I'm just you know, like... <laughs> This comes out every, I feel like Peacemaker is probably a good example of this. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, oh, Peacemaker comes out every Thursday. Thursday after it airs, I'm going to just go on my website and download it and watch it. Like, yeah. And like, that's just their norm. Right. You know what I mean? Which like, well, (laughs) I was going to say like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's (laughs) super illegal, but like, you know. (laughs) Like, if you're not going to pay for content, it's a viable option yeah kind of yeah morally wrong but viably it's it's something that you can do and it's it's a lot easier to do now um and especially yeah for those younger age groups who might well i don't even know the age group that would be doing this i guess it would be between where we are but at the same time i just don't see anyone in my age group doing that it's like oh well we all just have 12 subscriptions and that's just how yeah. we watch everything like it hasn't crossed my mind in so long uh especially because like the music thing too spotify apple music i i don't it never even enters my brain to be like oh i should go on and down youtube to mp3 this or something like that it's like <laughs> yeah it just doesn't happen these days um and i wonder if streamers will ever be able to get to that same place or i mean it would have to be this one conglomeration of everything being in the same spot that's the only way that they'd be able to combat something like this right is to do with spotify and be like well everything's here so you don't need to Uh, yeah and like if that app came out tomorrow and like there are ones that kind of do if there was an app that was like yeah here's all of it in one thing i'd be like yes i'll pay 40 dollars a month for this yeah easily you know what i mean like yeah like i have a couple apps that like keep track of like the shows i want to watch you know Mm -hmm. but it's like I have to keep track of what I have watched. It's not integrated with my Netflix. It's like, oh, he watched that episode. Like, we'll cross it off. Right, right. You know? Uh, yeah. It is. There's one last thing I want to throw out there that's I'm kind of curious about. But I wonder if, like, our mentality around this has anything to do with, like, net neutrality and that whole mm. thing that went down, like, a couple years ago where, like, basically different levels of websites this is a terrible description of net neutrality but like basically different levels of websites can be either like throttled down or like not as available or whatever that's why if you search for a song dot mp3 in google Mm -hmm. now like you don't really get any results whereas it used to be like oh yeah here's the file right click here to download yeah yeah Um, (laughs) so i don't know it's it's an interesting thought um it's possible. But, I want to do more research on this because I, again, it's not something that I'm well versed in these days. It's just not something that crosses my plate often, and it's interesting because yeah. it, 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 it's easier than ever. It just is, and you'll yeah. get the best quality out of and every it's single all there. one. Yeah, like that's the thing is like we're talking like ah, I don't know if I really want to like I don't do it that much. I don't know if I want to like meh. yeah like but there's still a lot of people that are pirating stuff all the time. God yeah like it's still as feasible as ever. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. And I mean, Oh God, we had something here with, with TV and the pandemic, but we moved past it. So it it is what it is. Let's talk about uh, how the pandemic has shifted things in terms of TV pilot season. Yes. Because that used to be a thing. Not, not too long ago. Um, And now, you know, Disney Less releases so. a new show every three months and fall is no longer the spot where everything has to premiere. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want me to give a little rundown of what pilot season is or do you want to do it? Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Give us a breakdown. I'll pepper in uh, fun facts. Sure. So as I know it, pilot season used to kind of uh, reside between the months of like January and I believe like April, where a bunch of studios would basically try and find shows that they wanted to pick up. They would get pitched a ton of elevator pitches from producers and writers and creators trying to get their shows on the air because they would pick up between like 15 and 30 shows to potentially do pilots on that then would premiere in the fall, which now that I'm thinking about it, my God, I can't imagine that time period and how stressful everything is in the industry. Like, holy, as someone, as a showrunner, dude, I would be like ripping my hair out. (laughs) Yeah, like pilot season is like, you know, there's the pilot season when they're all like deciding which ones they want to do. But there's the pilot season of like, oh, yeah, all the networks are looking to start yeah. producing stuff like works like jumping up here. Um, yeah. So pilot season now, though. Well, sorry, you, you continue. You were. um, Yeah, my little thing. Well, that was pretty much that's pretty much all I had to say about it. Besides the fact that it was it was a lot more not necessarily streamlined, but it was a lot more structured, and people knew when to get their shit together to be like, okay, now here are the things that we want to potentially get made, and studios are on the hunt now. I mean, studios can be streamers. I mean, it's it's Amazon going out and trying to find stuff, and I wonder how that's working because it's like you kind of can just get pitched things all the live long day and it doesn't you could pitch something that comes out in july or january like again peacemaker dropped in like mid-december or something like that and it's just like that stuff just happens now um well and we've talked on this podcast before about how i think we were talking about it in terms of like oscar season or blockbuster season and how these mm -hmm. don't really these like traditional structures don't really work anymore because like it's all it's all there's so much and it's coming at you all the time like what does it matter if deadpool comes out in february you right. know like it right. doesn't mean it's you know a bad movie it doesn't mean that like something coming to netflix doesn't necessarily mean it's fantastic doesn't necessarily mean it's terrible like right you know they're going to do what they're going to do and like as it sort of comes at them i feel like Totally. And Netflix is a really good example because they're obviously one of the biggest, one of the first out on on the scene. And they yeah. tend to put the most out there in terms of these guys. Like they all be on Netflix all the time and they're constantly just pushing shows I've never heard of and usually yeah. only get one season. And that's good and bad because they're going for volume. Um, but it it just seems like things are getting a little too messy to make sense of. And a lot of these other streamers like Hulu, like I think they're probably only going to pick up one or two, maybe four, like if they can get their hands on yeah. them because their subscriber base isn't as big and they need this stuff to hit. Whereas Netflix is like, eh, and even Apple yeah, whatever, with their we'll capital, it's like, yeah. whatever, this could be good or bad. If it hits, cool. If not, you know, we'll just go Well, and it's interesting too because <laughs> we're talking about like pilot season and things like that. And it's like, yeah, I think you mentioned this, like, mm-hmm. They're not going to order a pilot, yeah. you know, and they're not going to order a pilot and send it to test screenings and see how it responds and then shoot it again to, you know, how many mm-hmm. people have been like, yeah, I was in the pilot of that. But then they recast me when it went to when it went to a season. Like, right. Right. Um, you know, like we're not going to get that kind of stuff. These mm-hmm. networks are just saying like, like the pilot is the first season. Right. Now. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like that whole production is just going to happen. And if it busts. Well. You know, someone maybe might it drew like it. some people. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I think uh, Netflix's Cowboy Bebop is a good example of that. Of like, yeah, you know, here's the thing: that is like, yeah, like, oh, it's a Cowboy Bebop, and we can get into this in a second. But like, oh, it's Cowboy Bebop. It's like a notable name, you know, that has a built-in fan base. Mm-hmm. We'll make a live-action one, and hopefully, that fan base will come and come and see. Right. Which it did. You know what I mean? The yeah. show was rough. I. <laughs> I won't go into a tirade about the Cowboy Bebop show, but like, you know, it's canceled after one season. Um, Yep. But like it did its job. It got the people that it was supposed to, to either watch it on Netflix or get a Netflix account, you know, Um, totally. I guess not enough because 
then it would have gotten another season. But right, but things don't just die anymore either. Like this, for yeah. who knows? This could get picked up again by another studio or streamer potentially in the future. If the if things can go any direction these days is, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and it's also worth. I think part of it that's worth noting on that is. A lot of the ones that we're talking about, like, oh, yeah, this is like a pilot that we're going to then send a series, you know, and like that kind of mentality was back around when it was like, oh, yeah. And a season's going to be 22 episodes. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're like, oh, yeah, like we'll do a six episode season mm-hmm. or an eight episode season. Like that's way easier to be like, well, that didn't work. Then when you've created, you know, 22 hours of content. Right. As opposed to <laughs> six, you know. It's Uh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like the other part of this is, and I think this is like kind of the Cowboy Bebop stuff, but like, you know, and this actually will kind of lean into our our last topic, but like um, these pilots and these straight to series are also not just like whatever. Yeah. You know, um, not necessarily like known IP, but like things that are, have like a you know a definitive kind of how i met your father is a good example of that of like well there's there's something there that like i think we can probably knock it out you know right um which and is not to say that like they've shot all uh, like you know the 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 timelines of all of it are debatable because you know there's i think four episodes of how i met your father out and like they could be they could be doing a 22 episode season they could be you know have shot eight of them or nine of them and then cancel it without finishing the season. Right. Um, Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's like, it's one of those, it's not like a, we're going to make a single pilot and then ABC is going to come in and pick out what they want to produce. And seven of them, eight of them will get left on the, on the floor. Right. You know, you're so, I don't think, I don't think that's really, how it's going anymore no and again like this all will tie directly into our last topic here but it's it's they are specifically choosing things these days and there are some outliers like i've mentioned station 11 a bunch of times which is based on something and yellow jackets which is based on something but they also they really put their stock into stuff that they know or think they know is going to work. Like obviously Disney's doing that. HBO does it a little bit. Um, but they're also putting their stock into not just uh, like IP franchise stuff that they're like, Oh, it's a built in fan base. They put it into people like Taylor Sheridan has like four shows running right now and they're all doing well. I don't know. I think a couple of them are falling a little flat, but they just, again, they're not ordering pilots. They're ordering an entire season from this guy yeah. right off the rip they're like you want a submarine show send it you want one about yellowstone send it just give us and people will watch it because your name's attached yeah. i think mike flanagan is another good uh example of this who it's like hill house nailed it okay Bly manor nailed it okay midnight yeah. mass keep it coming man you're gonna do all this netflix content for us and so they're really putting stock into these people that they know or think they know it's gonna work and I wonder if this is going to all just narrow everything down to just a couple people and a couple shows really being successful on these platforms. Obviously, there's going to be outliers and stuff like yeah. that. But the big ones, I mean, we might only have Taylor Sheridan stuff for drama in a couple years. Like, that could possibly yeah. happen if not enough people pick up these other shows that are really good um, or they don't get another season like who knows I don't know if Station Eleven or Succession will I mean Succession will probably have Successional, a longer yeah. shelf life I, I feel like as weird as this sounds like HBO shows in this vein are a different conversation true still like I, true. I think they always have been yeah. you know it's like the whole it's not TV it's HBO kind of thing like yeah um and I think that line is faded, but I think it's still a little bit true. But like, yeah. Um, so it's one of those that's like, I don't know, there has to be something tied to it. Mm-hmm. And here's the interesting thing. It's like, and this was kind of one of my points in, in our, our second point there, but like, but why? Yeah. What's the business model that's like, like, Okay. With like the tentpole stuff for theaters, for theatrical release, like I get, like that's got to bring in a box office kind of thing. That's got to bring in numbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You only got to buy one ticket one time, you know? Yeah. And you know, you're going to spend $200 million to, or 
$280 million, $300 million to make, you know, Avengers 5. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to make his money back. But, like, and there's only X number of, like, dates to release a movie or, you know, theatrical window, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just throwing out buzzwords now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But, like, there's that economic requirement is not the same on a streaming platform. Right. So like, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Should we like, I feel like I've hinted this four times. So should we just bring into like what our final point is and like, just keep this conversation kind of, we're going to be talking about pilot season slash IP in TV. Let's just do it. Yeah. It all fits right in. So let's do it. Okay. So the, the other point that we're trying, the other point that we're kind of aiming at here is, a lot of the big streaming shows, and this is this is pretty new, I think. I mean, I think there's a few examples, but a lot of the streaming shows are leaning directly towards massive IP these days. Massive IP. <laughs> like we're getting we're getting a Halo show. We're getting um, you know, Lord of the Rings on Amazon, uh, you know, a fresh prince spin-off, the House of Dragon, Game of Thrones spin-off, all this like it's these massive things that like before like last year really with with or i guess two years ago with the pandemic like Mm -hmm. i can't really think of a lot of huge ip tv shows no they were original (laughs) you know yeah like like the thing i the only one i can really think of and like i'm sure there are plenty of other examples but i Think of like Lost in Space, which is in like its fourth season or third season or something like that. The Netflix show. Sure. Yeah. Which like based on a pretty successful old IP. But like other than that, I'm like it it was a lot of original stuff. And now we're leaning away from that. Hard leaning away from that. Like almost to the complete opposite end, which is really weird um, and kind of uh upsetting in a lot of different ways and this is coming from someone who loves the peacemaker show and i love the mandalorian and that stuff is cool but do i love it more than the first time i watched sons of anarchy or even lost like stuff that truly was something unique and original yeah i don't know if like i already feel the fatigue coming on with stuff like this and and boba's okay you know it's something to watch but it's not if it, we keep going down this direction, it will lose me fast. And I know a lot of these already I'm just not going to watch. Like, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings person. I'll yeah. try the the new one, maybe, you know, just to see what it's about. But, like, you, you mentioned How I Met Your Father. I'm never not going to watch yeah. that. And I love How I Met Your Mother. Love it. Seen yeah. the whole show. I don't know how many times through. I'm not even going to glance at this show because I know that it's just banking off of the fact that I know what How I Met Your Mother is. Exactly. Yeah. That ain't cool. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's, so it's one of those, I'm trying to like wrap my head around like why exactly all these streaming services are making this tilt. Because what I was trying to say earlier, like theaters are leaning on massive IP because they have to get people in the theater. They have to get people to the box office. This, that does not, that is not required with streaming. You have to get people to watch. Sure. But the barrier of entry for watching is way lower. You know what I mean? You like how many times there. have you clicked? Yeah. Yeah. And like, so I'm just like, my inkling is that it's like just the TV industry mirroring the theatrical industry, like without a, I don't want to say without a full like realization of it, but like almost unintentionally of like, oh, well like big IP, big IP, big IP, people go to see big IP. So we should bring big IP to the small screen so that they'll watch. like I get that mentality but it's also like crap it doesn't make sense because there's so much like Lord of the Rings especially is like there's massive Lord of the Rings kind of things but I feel like that show is gonna be in that same vein that we've gotten like eight shows of of Game of Thrones spinoffs yeah. Not like direct spinoffs, but like yeah. you look at things like The Witcher and Shadow and Bone and uh, like there's a bunch of these that are like, oh, here's like a dark, gritty, alternate kind of world. There's like a little bit of magic going on. Some dragons you know, here and there. Yeah. There's some dragons, some elves like, mm-hmm. you know, this and that like this. That's like a hot 
style right now. And yeah. I feel like Lord of the Rings is going to be that same one. And I'm like, I don't need another one of those shows. I've watched all five. I've watched like five of them. And I'm like, like, I really watched like the Witcher season one. And mm-hmm. like, I got to season two and I'm like, I, okay. Like I've watched like two of them, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh, it's something I'll get through at some point. But it's like, yeah, it's just another one of these like, yep. Riding around a horse, monsters, dragons, yeah. magic. Yeah. Um, well, and you know that it's always going to be there. So you can be like, well, I don't have to watch it now. I could, and it, yeah. cause it's not like, oh, I got to go buy the box set when it comes out. It's like, no, you can just go back to Netflix and watch it two, five years from now. Yeah. And, you know, one of those things, which is like, oh. <laughs> so it's like one of those things that like, and I guess, you know, Shadow and Bone is, I think, based off of a book series. Okay. But like, you know, they are based off the, but like, it's. I would say a majority of the viewers are probably not coming at it being fans of the the book or the source material. Right, right, right. Like, yes, Lord of the Rings show is going to bring more people. But, like, that many more than, like, a, here's, like, a show that's in the same kind of vein that's, like, a fresh original take. You know what I mean? That's, like, yeah. here, let's, like, let's rethink how magic works or something like that, or rethink the monsters or something like that. And like this, this, like I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Like I'm obsessed. I'm going to watch the shit out of that show. You know what I mean? But I'm also like not super jacked about it. Cause I'm like, okay, like there's fatigue that you said earlier, like the fatigue on this stuff is starting to set in. Coming from two people who love to who, consume who stuff live like for this. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good sign. And it's crazy because it's really, yes, in the short term, these will draw subscribers for sure. Yeah. But it's not about the short terms because you're releasing it all at one time and people can binge it all in one go. And if it's not successful, they ain't coming back for season two. And that's, I think, what a lot of these streamers are missing the point of. It's like, it's not just the fact. And the Book of Boba does this a little bit. Like the Mandalorian kept me there. Like there was something to keep me there Mm -hmm. with a lot of these other shows. It's like once that sense of newness and awe is gone, which is kind of gone from all of these at this point. Yeah. It needs to be something really special to get me to keep coming back to it or else it's like, eh, it's okay. And I'm not going to pay this much money a month for okay. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and there's something like to be said that it's like a little bit dangerous too. Cause you, you talk about book of Boba and like, I'm okay with Book of Boba. I'm watching them. You know, yeah, it's all right. like I'll yeah. get through it. It's fine. It's not terrible. Yeah. But it's changing my reaction to the other movies that he's in. Yes, big time. Which it's like when you see Boba Fett in like the beginning of Return of the Jedi or, you know, when he's chasing down Han Solo and Empire, mm-hmm. like now in my head, I'm like, it's like building depth to that character that I won't be able to like sort of unsee. Right. But like it's building baggage onto other like franchise stuff. Yeah. You know, more what I mean? successful so like, franchise stuff. <laughs> yeah. So like, that'll be a weird thing. Like with Lord of the Rings, I'm like, are you going to like build a bunch of stuff that I'm just like, Oh, so like when that happened in, you know, return of the King, there was all this other politics going on around it, which is cool if it's done well, but it's dangerous because yeah. you could alienate would be fans. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's like, it it's like a weird, it's a weird kind of concept. That's like, I don't know. No, I, I a hundred percent get what you're saying, what you're coming, where you're coming from. And I even had this question written down, which is like, what do we lose when we're coming in with preconceived notions about these projects, whether that be backstory or just knowing this character ahead of time, there's not just the, like there's so much to live up to there. That's not just, Oh, is this a good show or not? It's like, does this ruin a legacy? Does this fundamentally change the storyline? Like, does this make it like, does, does this just change the way that we view the stuff that we actually love? That's really dangerous. Like I get it. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering when like a Harry Potter show is going to come or something like that, where it's like, yeah, it has to be on its way. There's no way. That's it's not right, on its man. Way. There's like any moment now on that. And, and that's like, like I mean, oh. we're getting the, uh, the fantastic beast series that are yeah. like, yeah, they're okay. That are. Yeah. Happening. Um, yeah. but also like kind of riddled with controversy, but yeah. 
Uh, well, Harry Potter but, in general is too, and it's it's well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm worried about the longevity of stuff because it seems like what well, obviously we're in the age of miniseries and you know getting kind of these one-off things done, which is fine. I, I enjoy those a lot. Yeah, but what happens to these people's career? Like, there's another thing that's another level. It's like, what happens to all these people's yeah. careers? Like, I don't know. It's just so many levels to this that I, I have questions about and, like, will never be answered by us, but, you know. <laughs> well, and I guess one of the bigger questions, well, I guess one of the questions is, like, how small of a cycle do, can this get into? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you look at How I Met Your Father, like, mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother went off the air, what, like, seven years ago or so? Like, something I want to like say that. like 2016, 15, something. Yeah, something there. like that. Yeah. So like we're like six years out before they're like, and it's not a straight reboot before, but before they're like, okay, like let's cycle back to this show. Mm-hmm. Like, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes. We're getting all these like, yeah. you know, uh, Scream remake, like all this kind of stuff that's like, here's, that's like a, you know, a 20 year cycle. I don't remember. I don't know the exact dates on that kind of stuff, yeah, but like, no, like a 30 year cycle. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Um, somewhere in there. Yeah. Like, like how, like at what point do we start getting stuff that like the MCU is like a bad example of this. Cause it's so, but like how long before we get like a man of steel reboot, mm. you know what I mean? Before we get like, here's this property that made money that was positive that like, we're going to cycle back on now. Like Harry Potter is a good, like, you know, we could get a Harry Potter show or they could be like, you know what? We're going to remake the Harry Potter movies. Right. Yeah. Which like blow my head out if we ever reach that kind of space. But like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like that's content that at some point they're going to go, I think we need to make these movies again. Right. Um, I think depending on the properties when is where they'll kind of hit that line. Yeah. Cause star Wars is just ongoing. And I, at some point though, yeah, at some point, like it's almost inevitable that that probably will get some kind of like a real reboot, not just like, yeah. a, like a continuation. Ugh, dude, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. But like, I, I just, I keep going back to, it's like, I get it. I get that it's what's going to sell or what's going to get eyes, but like, especially with all the ways that these apps are like designed and whatnot, I'm like, you can grow a new audience around something mm-hmm. like success, like HBO to bring it back. HBO is the king of this. Like they grew an audience around the Sopranos. Yeah. They grew an audience around the wire, like around sex in the city around, you know, Game of Thrones around all around succession. Like yeah, all of their shows are like notorious for like, let's build something mm-hmm. because it's great content. And like we give, we show it we like it comes to you. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, like why lean on like a Godzilla, a bunch of Godzilla movies. If you could, well, Godzilla is a bad example because I will always want, see, that's the thing. It's like, I, I make these arguments, but I'm like, I will always want more Godzilla. Sure, but you want quality Godzilla. True. And we're well, getting to the point where, well, I don't know what quality again, Godzilla, Godzilla is. Again, is a weird thing because I'm like, <laughs> I will take Camp Godzilla. True. I don't know exactly you what know. quality Godzilla is um, yet, but um, <laughs> but you don't want it to absolutely be soulless. Like You don't want it to be just something made yeah. for money, which a lot of things, especially in this vein, are made for now. Which and, is what How I Met Your Father is. A hundred percent. And the yeah. the minute you hear the name, you're like, well, what, you know, this is clearly yeah. a cash Cha-ching. grab. Like there's yeah. nothing here. Um, yeah, man, I, I think we're in a really kind of not great spot in terms of especially TV. I mean, there's wonderful stuff out there, like really top notch TV out there to watch, but largely none of that's getting seen because of stuff like Peacemaker, because, which I enjoy Peacemaker, but it's not succession i mean they're both on hbo but that's the only correlation they have you know um and i think it's again like tv's become that okay it's something i can flip on for half an hour and not really have to think about which kind of barrier of entry yeah which is why i don't watch succession that often like i watch it every couple weeks because i'm like it's heavy and it feels more like a movie to me Whereas again, I'll binge. I binged all of Archive eighty one in two days. I don't. Rem, I didn't. Th- I haven't thought about it since. It was, and I enjoyed yeah. that. I haven't thought about it one time since. 
And like, I think that's where we get, we're into the consuming culture of just get me more, more, more. And it's detrimental a little bit to stuff and studios are really taking the bait with, okay, we're going to give you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Texas Chainsaw for whatever reason. And, you know, <laughs> Godzilla shows. Well, and- <laughs> let me, let me pose this question. Yeah. Hit me. And this is kind of a shift away from what we're talking about, but like, so the argument that we're making here is like, oh yeah, there's nothing but these, these tentpole things. And like, that's an argument that I hear a lot about cinema and like theater releases that I just don't hold to at all. No. That I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like there's so much good, so many great films that come out. Like oh, yeah. there should be, you know, like, yes, the Marvel stuff gets like the huge um, promotions and whatnot, but there's other stuff still out there. So I'm like, so we're saying all this stuff, but I feel like, and I think we were mentioning this before, before we got on the pod, but like, I feel like I don't have a concept of the TV that's coming. No clue. Like there's like movie release schedules and stuff, but so much TV there are a few that come through that I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I am looking forward to that coming out. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, we talked on like literally on this podcast where we are like, Oh, peacemakers out. Mm-hmm. Like that show just exists. Or, um, I don't know. There's like plenty of other examples. So it like, do we just not have a resource for knowing what shows are coming? Or is it just getting harder to tell the difference? Or is there just or is there just so much? Like I think that's what it is. I think that like I, w- there's just no gauge of what is popular. Like there's yeah. no gauge of like yeah, a bunch of people watch Succession, but I don't like it's popular because I think it's popular and it keeps getting picked up for more seasons. Same with Ted Lasso. I'm like I don't know. Yeah. I know like two people watch Ted Lasso, yet it won every Emmy. So it's like I yeah. in Hacks, I've never seen Hacks, but it won fifteen Emmys or whatever. So yeah. I, I think that one, yes, your point that there's too much out there is definitely true. And there's like every service has their own I mean, Shudder has their own original TV shows, and it's like who yeah. who knows? But it's just the fact that we don't I don't know what people are watching at all. Yeah. Like there's no universal Game of Thrones. And also things come out four years down the line, like season one and then season two is three years late. Like there's yeah. no set scheduling where like in the fall this comes out. Yeah. I literally have that problem right now. Like Ozarks just came out season yeah. four. Part one just came out. Yeah. I watched them like season three recap and I was like, I got I none of this. Do I yeah. remember? Because right. the last season was like, you know, pre pandemic. Right. Like, fucking 25 years ago literally you know, <laughs> like, well, not like literally but figuratively <laughs> i'm like i don't uh, like i'm like i vaguely okay and i'm like i'm sure when i start watching it it'll like pick back up but like yeah mm-hmm. this stuff's just like there's so much and that just like when what the hell is happening in stranger things right now oh dude like a new season's even... coming but i'm like the fuck happened at the end of the last like and that's where i was with the witcher season. too yeah i was like watching them like ah Okay, yeah. right. The witch, yeah. Henry Cavill, the the Witcher. Cool, I remember that. Yeah, like, I mean, even stuff like the boys that we both love. I mean, what? Yeah, who the hell knows, man? I I don't remember. I mean, kind of, but it's like Invincible. Who and that's not even who knows when that season's dropping. So it's like, yeah. there's no, there's no. It schedule. just appears. There's yeah. no. We're looking forward to this. It just happens, and like maybe there's a week lead up, maybe there's a month lead up, but there's no fanfare. There's no look at this thing is back. It's just it's on Prime. It might be on their homepage, and that's how you'll know if you check Prime that yeah. day. Maybe this might be an interest. Maybe we need to do like a top five most anticipated shows of 2022. Okay. That might be an interesting exercise just because I'm like shows that are coming this year that I'm excited for. I have none on my list. I have no idea. Moon Knight's the only thing that comes to mind. Oh, sure. And I'm like, that's just because it's like a Marvel property and I obsess over like. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like beyond that, I'm like, I I don't even know. I don't even know what shows I watch that are coming back this year. Nothing's coming to mind. Not one thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. So maybe we should do that. That would be a good exercise. That could be a Megapixels episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because. 
that will be eye-opening for both of us i'm sure <laughs> yeah but it's also interesting because it's like squid game like who would have thought who would have seen like oh squid game that's gonna be a huge cultural phenomenon and that happens so infrequently now that when it does it becomes this worldwide literally a worldwide phenomenon where everybody's watching it but that doesn't happen much anymore at especially for tv because everyone nobody owns the same two streaming services yeah. Oh, I've got HBO. There's and this Twelve person, of them. Yeah. Yeah. This person watches this on Hulu, but this person watches Disney, and and nobody's gonna watch the other. And it's like, in a way, it's cool because you can curate your taste really specifically to what you want to watch. Yeah. But also, it means that your show might not be coming back because you're one of twelve people who enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And it's it's scary, man. And it's really what a world we overwhelming. Live in. <laughs> oh man, um. But I think that's all I got to say about that. Do you have any f- closing thoughts on that? No. Um, that's I think that's a good megapixels. We should write that down. But I'm, I agree. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird world. It's yes. a weird streaming post-pandemic world. Like, Yeah. Not, not post-pandemic. Uh, Mid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Post-beginning of pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> the landscape. Yes, I get you. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird world. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's shut me up here. <laughs> Recommendations, shall we? Yeah. Let's. What's um, our prompt this week, Josh? So our prompt for this week is um, so it, appropriate. It, yeah, it's definitely appropriate, and it is our not necessarily favorite, but just a movie that we would recommend that is an original from a streaming service. That does not necessarily mean it has to be produced by that streaming service, because I found while doing research that. It's really hard to tell sometimes what was purchased and then became an original versus what was literally produced. And a lot of these studios haven't produced much because they're so new. Um, So it's literally just anything that you'd consider or that would be under the original content from that streaming service. Um, Yes. Do you want to start us off or you want me to? Sure. Uh, I will start us off. Mine is a 2020 film uh, that came out originally on Hulu called palm springs okay i don't know if i know uh, this one starring andy samberg and Kristen milotti Mil- okay milotti milotti Mil- i don't know milotti yeah okay i was like there's an extra i in there that i don't know how to pronounce <laughs> uh and also jk simmons oh um, hell yes really really funny basically if you watch the trailer basically groundhog day um sold but like done in a new interesting way um uh andy samberg and and kristen there have uh i I will always just call her the mother um (laughs) but uh have great chemistry on it yeah um and it's directed by a guy named uh max barbacow again i apologize if i'm not saying that correctly but sorry max who is like, I believe it was his first feature, you know, like lots of shorts kind of stuff. So it was like one of those, like, here's Hulu kind of taking a chance on someone. Hell um, yeah. Which is cool. And so, I don't know that really they do funny. too much original stuff either. So that's really cool. Yeah. This Hell may yeah. have definitely, this, this may have been, um, you know, them purchasing it already made, but um, really funny. Worth the, definitely worth the watch. Hell yeah. It's on my watch list right now. I didn't even know this existed. Another another one of those like, oh, this is great, but <laughs> you really got to go digging for it. Hell yeah. Yeah. This is one that it's it the the trailer came out. Um, I was like, oh, that looks really cool. And it came out like a week later or something. It was like, here you go. And you're like, oh, OK. See, it, and that doesn't give me crazy hope when they're like, well, here it is. You watch it, yeah. you know, <laughs> but that's awesome. All right. Love me some it. Andy Samberg. Yeah. Uh, so what is your recommendation, Josh? Uh, so my recommendation is not uh, in the same vein as that. Uh, it's a Shudder yeah. original because I've been crushing a lot of Shudder stuff recently. Because I'm just like, why not? There's so much on there. And I even the worst horror movies I can usually get through. This yeah. one is actually one that I watched yesterday. And it I had, I had one picked out. And this 
took it over because it was I realized it was a Shutter original. It's a movie called Terrified. It's an Argentinian film that's uh, Spanish language, and it's directed by Damien Rugna, I believe. And stars mm-hmm. a whole bunch of Argentinians, and I'm not going to butcher all their names because they're they're very hard to pronounce. Uh, but it centers it's a it's a haunting kind of supernatural film that centers around this cul-de-sac in Argentina, where some violent supernatural occurrences have happened, and uh, this team of supernatural investigators come in to kind of try and figure out what's going on and just kind of try and get evidence for their own their own personal gains. And things go really south. And the story isn't necessarily the strongest part of this. I think it's very cut and dry. It's 90 minutes. It's the effects and the scares that are so unique and so well done. I mean, the practical effects in this, genuinely, I was like, it was 1 a.m. when I finished. And I was like, maybe I'll not go to sleep just now. (laughs) And, you know, let's watch a little bit of, you know, Rick and Morty or something to calm down here. Um, super well done, really well shot. The, the, like I said, the practical effects are off the wall, balls to the wall violence. Um, there's stuff like, there's a sequence in this where spoilers, uh, a mother digs up her dead son and there's this like corpse thing that's, mm. that they've recreated and it looks so convincing and creepy and scary. And I'm like, how does this low budget horror film do something that yeah. $200 million studio projects could never do? And it scared the living shit out of me. And so it's this one of those that just, that's all it takes for me to get on board with nice. a movie like this. Um, definitely check out the trailer if you're interested, cause it's not really for the faint of heart, definitely pretty violent and uh, scary, but I would, I would suggest it if you're into that kind of thing, it's yep. Streaming on shutter. Um, and again, subtitled. So just get past that barrier, man. It's yeah. It's worth it. You'll you'll find so many really good actually Whole both world of my there. content recommendations this week were subtitled. But that's just it's you gotta you gotta you gotta check yeah. it out. Um and funny little wrinkle with this, Guillermo del Toro was actually supposed to do an English language remake of this and it mm. fell through, which I'm glad he didn't because I'm like, this is just keep it as this and don't don't go yeah. any further. So so that nice. is my recommendation. And that's our episode today, guys. Yeah. Streaming, streaming, go. streaming, all the way through. Yes. Which is, that's the world we live in, you know? It really is. It's where we are. It really is. <sighs> so, uh... So, so where can people find you on the internet, Josh? Oh, good question. People can find me on the internet. <laughs> um, on Instagram, at Josh J. Fuller. You can find me on Twitter, at Josh Fuller 33 Fuller is spelled with no E. You can also find me and all of the stuff I watch on Letterboxd, at Josh Fuller as well. And where can folks find you on the internet, Willis? Folks can find me across the board, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Letterbox at Willis Film. Uh, and if you want to find the podcast, we're on Instagram at Pixel Splitters. We're on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod. And we're on Letterboxd under at Pixel Splitters. Uh, you can see all our recommendations, all that kind of stuff, all of our, not our content, but all of our recommendations, all of our top fives. Yep. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Tweet at us. Instagram message us. Follow us on uh, Letterbox. All that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, when you engage, we get more engaged and have more fun. So It's true. Uh, tell us what kind of top five lists you'd like to see. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And yeah. Then duly note them. <laughs> exactly. We might do them. We might not. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Live in fear. Exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. All right, man. With that, uh, let's 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 hang it up and uh, go stream something. Yes, and uh, <laughs> we'll be back again next Thursday for another yeah. episode. So, thanks for listening, of guys. Pixel splitters. <laughs> All right. <laughs>